So today we are talking to, well, there's just nothing on anybody's lips apart from coronavirus, of course, and how it is going to affect my business. Many businesses are up against the wall at the moment. There's so much um, stimulation, but also so much confusion. It's difficult to unpack everything. Despite most of the major agencies and many great accounting and bookkeeping practices publishing really clear summaries, there's still a lot of unknowns. What is available? What are the options? How do they apply to me? And how, and importantly, when can I access it? There's a lot of treats on offer from the lazy Susan of government support. But how does a small business make sense of it all? Who better to ask and care carefully and sensibly take us through this maze than Kylie Parker. She is an accountant and director at Lotus Accountants. She's the author of Planning Plan B. She's a Zero alumni, a co-founder of Account Tech Global and an internationally sought after speaker on all things accounting. We're very thrilled to be welcoming her on Small Biz Matters. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Kylie. Thanks, Alexia, for having me. Look, uh, firstly, um, let me just do that big fat financial disclaimer at the beginning of this program that this is, of course, only relevant to people. Um, well, you know, they need to seek further advice from their accountants. This is general in nature. It's very general advice. And of course, with giving you a whopping, what is it, 13 hours to digest this information. Um, of course, everything that came out last night is still ongoing and, and there's still detail coming out of it. So I'd like to thank you um, for coming on today and, and helping us to understand what's going on and what what small business can access because it's a tough time for small business, of course, at the moment. Would you agree? Oh, it's definitely a tough time. There's a lot of uncertainty with obviously shutdowns, businesses with their own sort of family and and health matters. We've got children sort of working from or schooling from home, so a lot of change. And then also just working out, you know, how you go forward with cash flow. Is it possible to go forward? And and again, we've had, as you mentioned, our third round of stimulus was announced last night, and so it's from the 12th of March, from when the first round was started. We've had a, a short period of time to be able to adjust as to what this means for business. Yeah, and, and and it is. It's a short turnaround. Once we have one round of stimulus, we might might have a chance to get our heads around it and then another round comes through. Can I ask a really basic question firstly? With each of these rounds of stimulus, are they added on or are they taking the place of what's happened formally? Is it is it because we're ramping things up and we keep getting add-ons as a small business to access? Well, so the first round, which was actually announced in 12th of March, was a, a cash flow uh, assistance and a boost for, for businesses. So it was originally a $2,000 minimum and a $25,000 maximum, which was going to be paid as part of a, a pay-as-you-go withholding credit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I might actually, if you don't mind, just explain some of those terms because Thanks. they are being thrown around and, and sometimes it's confusing as, a, as to what it is. So when a, a company pays an employee, there's a, an amount that's salary and there's an amount that's withheld and paid to the taxation office. So it's that amount, which is called a pay-as-you-go withholding, that businesses are getting a, a credit on. So then the second round, which was announced on Sunday night, the 22nd of March, uh, and so it was a, an add-on to the first stimulus program. So it increased increased the minimum amount to 20000 and uh, the maximum amount to 100000 and it also sort of increased some of the thresholds for who else was included, including not-for-profits, and the time period. So it went from the March and June business activity statements to be extending, again, a second round in, in June or July and September. So it's made it a sort of a six-month period. 
And what we saw last night was uh, an entirely different um, system. So currently the pay-as-to-go withholding has been legislated, so that remains. And then what we're seeing now is the JobKeeper, uh, sort of a fortnightly subsidy paid to employers that had uh, employees as at 1st of March that were generally going and being paid through the single-touch payroll system. And they're also going to have to have a, a reduction in their turnover of that business of under 30%. And so that's going to be something whereby, rather than particularly for industries like hospitality, entertainment, uh, retail, where you've seen a lot of, um, whether it be standing down or redundancies or just staff no longer working, that they are going to be able to access that $1,500 through their employer if the employer then passes that on. And it becomes a choice. I remember hearing last night that the um, the Prime Minister said that there was an expectation of people uh, doing the right thing and keeping employers on. Do you, is one of the, uh, I, mean, I mean, as an economist, I guess one of the things they hope would happen is that people would be brought back onto the books that were recently let go in the last couple of weeks. In terms of payroll and is, is that is that legal? I mean, is, is fair work going to come after everybody after this is all over in this state of flux because you're firing, hiring, standing down, bringing people back on? Uh, I'd like to leave that one to the lawyers. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in terms of, um, I mean, I know just in talking to clients about uh, the, the second round, it's a situation where the government is trying to prevent you know, a full-scale recession that we struggle for years to get out of. So these measures are being introduced to keep businesses operating, keep cash flow in the economy, keep enabling people to be able to to pay for food and and rent and sort of those bare basic necessities that we all need to live. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of integrity measures that are coming into play. I, I think anybody that, you know, starts to be promoting on Facebook schemes of how to get these concessions should be jailed. Personally, but uh, I think where there's, you know, we're going to see that bell curve as we do with anything. Um, there'll be people that the majority of this, these measures apply to, and, and it's just fairly simple to do. Anyone that is using online software packages enrolled with STP, it's really not going to be that big a burden to your payroll to be putting people back on. Um, but where you know people are artificially creating different structures or changing things or backdating registrations, then I think that's something that the ATO are going to come down uh, strictly on. And to be honest, I actually think a lot of accountants and bookkeepers are prepared to dob on people not doing the right thing. Absolutely. It's uh, quite, a, quite a stressful time and you don't want to see uh, clients being um, you know, put into a situation where uh, they enter into a scheme because someone else has said that's a great idea and then down the track... You know, they're the ones that will end up in trouble for it. So we've got to take responsibility for your own your own business and actions. Yeah, and we should we should re- reiterate to everyone now that um, the advice that accountants and bookkeepers give you um, is that it is just advice. You are responsible for the decisions that you make in your business. And so you do need to do it with care and get good advice about what's possible and what is um, allowable and legal, it, it, particularly when it comes to, to dealing with employees and whether or not uh, you're standing them down. Um, could you take us through... Uh, an important, sorry, I'll just divert here, but an important part of what was announced last night was a big difference for sole traders. Now, there's millions of sole traders out there who operate in a contractor basis from multiple number of companies. 
what was the big difference that this made for them? Did it treat them like employers of their own business in, in a way? It sort of treated them is we haven't seen the legislation for this yet. So all we have is a, a fact sheet, of which there is one specifically for sole traders. And, but they talk about businesses with employees and businesses without employees. So that's the businesses without employees is effectively where we're seeing the, the sole traders. So it's, again, talking about where you've got an ABN for their business. You can nominate an individual to receive the payment. And so you're providing the, that individual's tax file number. So if you're operating as a sole trader, particularly people that are in uh, entertainment industry, that you know they will just be traditionally invoicing uh, kind of events, venues, uh, one invoice and, um, and then doing their tax return based on a business schedule. So they are then able to register and then nominate themselves to be able to receive the $1,500 per fortnight. So that is something that is different. Uh, one of the things that we we're talking about, uh, this came in late last night, so there was a number of different accountants and uh, bookkeepers online drinking wine as we disseminated what information <laughs> we do have. And, uh, and the main question really does still come around a trust. So the difference between sort of sole traders, partnerships and trusts versus a company is that a company is a separate legal entity. So it has its own separate tax rate. And so traditionally when we're accountants, what we're seeing is if an individual takes money from a, a company, they have a legal debt to repay that. And so where that's not being done, there's integrity measures, which is called Division 7A loans. And so that money has to be repaid or it's deemed to be a dividend. So income from the company to the individual. So that's if you run a company, and if I could just clarify that, if you're running a company and you're basically, um, you're paying yourself and then you have to be able to pay yourself through the actual, um, there has to be enough money in the coffers to be able to pay yourself that amount of money. Is that right? That's right. But what can happen is, so sometimes, uh, I mean, I traditionally have clients always pay themselves a salary because it's just it's a good cash flow planning everyone if you leave it to the end and and then you pay the company tax and you pay a dividend it, it just from experience it ends up you know, you're borrowing you're spending the money before you've uh, paid the tax and you end up in a bit of a cash flow problem so typically we do try and um, have employees of companies where a sole trader can't be an employee of themselves so and, and again for a trust trusts are traditionally used uh, for asset protection purposes and also for you know, various reasons around... Um, say, for example, you have a, a family and you buy shares in BHP. You're going to recommend buying shares in BHP in a non-working spouse's name. So where you've got a trust, it's that same sort of concept. So you've got a, a business that is uh, operating, so the income can be... And the business income can be split between the person who's generally running the business and non-working family members. And so that's the instance where people have had probably a benefit of using the two tax-free thresholds. And so they're in a situation now, though, where they may not be treated as an employee, and so they are currently not entitled to any of these benefits, including what we're seeing is the uh, the, the latest job, seek, uh, job keeper uh, incentive. So we still have a scenario where if you've at some stage set up your business under the name of a trust and you have employees at the moment under these stimulus packages, 
you're still not entitled to get the PAYG withholding refund? No, sorry. So if you have oh. genuine employees yes. and you're paying them, yeah, yeah, that you are entitled, it's only where you might have a mum and dad operating to a trust and they would normally just take that business income yes. as a trust distribution. But not as a PAYG as a payroll. Yeah, yeah. So all yeah. the more reason in this age of excellent accounting live software, which we can access very easily, um, it was a good idea before this all started to make sure that your books were up to date so that you had a good relationship with your accountant so that you were paying yourself a wage regularly for cash flow reasons. All those really good financial acumens are coming home to roost. It's very true. And a lot of clients that have got, um, you know, that do save their GST and so we, we see a lot of clients that have got three months worth of, of cash flow for trading conditions. Um, so that, that's where you ideally want to end up being is that you know you're keeping money within the business so that if something does happen um you know you, you do have a, a buffer and um and I, and I think that's you know scott pape is really a great advocate for that in your personal lives as well and so we're sort of really seeing you know i, I would the biggest advice i would have for anybody getting these payments right now is um you know is to not go and start using afterpay and and getting into more more debt, really start to look at keeping that money because, you know, who knows how long this uh, period will last, but also just from a, a, a going forward that people that have, you know, been through the GSC and, and kind of know that there is sometimes uncertainty that having a, a cash flow and a savings plan is, uh, is something that's really important. Now, could I ask you about those payments? Because I understand that the way <clears throat> these payments will be rebated is through the ATO client integrated account. So those small businesses out there, that's that's the account that you pay your BAS into, that you'll pay your, your PAYG withholding for your employees. You might also have to pay, um, pay as you go installments on your own taxable income. That money's going to come into that account. Now, we're all going to do our BAS for March and then we're going to put that debt into the account and then we're going to get the money back from the ATO, doesn't that negate the rebate? Is I mean, isn't that just going to pay off the debt that we've created with our March BAS by reporting that? What what happens? How can we access those funds and spread them out over time if it's just going to pay off the debt? Well, there's, there's a fair bit of uh, industry talk around people that have current uh, ATO payment plans mm-hmm. as to what will happen there. So at the moment, there's still a bit of uncertainty, but if you are, let's say you're actually all up to date with your tax obligations, so any you've got to remember too, anything that you are collecting for GST that you have to pay was never your money to begin with. It was always just, you know, you are acting on behalf of the ATO and collecting GST and, and forwarding it to them when you do your business activity statement. So, so that doesn't change, but what is happening is where you would normally have a payment in regards to the withholding tax for employees. And, and again, it's, you know, it's not a business's money. That is, you are withholding from their salary an amount that is their tax credit in their personal tax returns. So rather than needing to send that money to the, the ATO, if you're under a $10,000 um, payment for March, you're actually going to get the benefit of an extra credit. So it's really the smaller businesses that uh, will actually get a, probably getting a refund. And for other businesses where, you know, you normally would have GST and, as you said, a, a payment for you, your business income tax, then that will be offsetting that. So it, it's still a cash flow benefit, 
but it's only where you have income still coming in from your business and and what your you know, trading conditions are still able to operate. Um, where people that have had to close everything, it's yeah, unfortunately a, bit, a little bit too little too late. And don't forget, everyone, um, it's really important at this point in time to keep uh, up your relationship with the ATO. If you're really experiencing hardship and you need their support and you need to set up a payment plan, um, they are officially meant to be quite lenient or understanding um, and good listeners at the moment. But whatever you do, make sure you write down notes from the phone call and ask for a reference number whenever you speak to the ATO. But do get on the front foot. They've got extended hours. They've got other ways of supporting small business. So make sure you give them a call and find out ways that they can support you. Now, Kylie, I've got I've got some intricate questions here, which, uh, you know, if you can't, if you're not 100% sure of, please don't feel like you need to answer them. But what if I have like say 10 casual employees, I run a business, I pay them less than $1,500 a fortnight. Am I still going to get that whole $1,500 a fortnight for every single one of those employees that I had registered on single touch payroll? So they need to be casual employees that you've had for more than 12 months. Yep. You also need to have shown that you have lost 30% of your income. So that might be from March this year to March last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you meet all the definitions as to being an eligible employer and so let's say from 1st of March you had those 10 casual employees they've all been working with you for more than 12 months and you're a cafe that had to close Um, so of that you will get $1,500 and that $1,500 needs to be passed on to each of those employees even where they weren't earning that much from you previously. So you still have have to pay that to them? Yes so it has to be passed on. Okay. Yep. That's 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 an that's that's a, that's going to be a, a wonderful um, moment for the conversations we have with our everyday bookkeepers who support us with payroll as to how that works. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's one yeah. of those detailed questions. It's you are expected to pay it on. And do you think that yes. in the future that's one of the ways that um, this whole process is going to be checked? Is that each of those employees a remain on the books and continue being logged in single touch payroll, and b um, are actually getting that full amount passed on to them. Well, one of the things that is part of this is that there will need to be monthly reporting to the ATO uh, in regards to you know who's being paid and the eligible employees, and this will all be going through a single touch payroll system. So that information is going to be very easy for the ATO to check. Right. And, um, you know, anybody who's not on single touch payroll isn't doing this correctly. We've had months and months and months to get this right. And anyone who isn't running their business in the correct way, as in I'm talking to those of you who are paying cash in hand, you're kind of a bit stuffed now. Yeah. Exactly. So um, what if I legitimately fired someone because I didn't want to work with them anymore and it just happened Mm -hmm. to be around this coronavirus? That's going to be picked up in the single touch payroll Uh, scenario because that person will no longer be on the books. Is that correct? That is correct. So that would have all gone through your payment run when this STP was filed. So there's going to be decisions that individual businesses will need to make as to whether they decide to put staff back on the books. And and obviously there's going to be a bit of a a lag between uh, the eligible employees going to be the ones that were there at 1st of March, but you can put them back on from 30th of March and then you're not going to see payments until May. That's what we're sort of hearing. Yeah, that's an important so, factor, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like a budgeting thing. They have to get all their ducks lined up in the row and they want to make sure that everybody gets their, their basses lodged. Is that because they just need to look at their facts and figures before they start paying us? Um, I would 
probably say it was just give them time to get the systems in place to to operate it as well. I'm sure their dev team is uh, is pretty busy right now. Now, I'm going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters just to grab a couple of community service announcements. And when we come back, those of you who have just joined us, we're listening to Kylie Parker, who is a fantastic accountant, speaks worldwide, knows her stuff, has been given a whopping 12 hours to prepare for this radio show this morning. Thank you so much, Kylie. When we come back, I want to talk to you about how exactly we can show uh, the ATO that we've had a downturn in business. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. You are live in the studio with Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We are unpacking, understanding, uh, stimulating our brains with a stimulus. That's what we're doing here today for small business. And it's difficult. It's hard to get our heads around it. We've had three major stimulus packages that have come out almost in a row. And for those of you out there who haven't even had a chance to digest the first one, there's a lot of information to take in. Just remember, we're talking to Kylie Parker today. And if you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via iTunes and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts, plus on the smallbizmatters.com.au website, where there are over over 150 podcasts all about small business education, just like this one. And we're here to deliver great information to you. So just before the break, I was speaking to Kylie, of course, about the latest round, what was announced only just last night and what that means for small business. And Kylie, we were discussing before the break that one of the big um, improvements, I guess, to this latest round is the inclusion of sole traders and those who are contractors in the way that they work. Do you think that is a, a, a big sigh of relief for that sector of the economy? Oh, definitely. I think a, a large number of a sort of social media posts that I was seeing is you know, the number of sole traders that were impacted in the entertainment industry, in retail, uh, and, and so smaller businesses that traditionally didn't need a, a business structure like a, a company or a trust um, were really finding that, that then trying to prove that they had a business turned down and, and to get the information from Centrelink uh, and obviously just the overload that they had on their own government systems was something that was, uh, was stressful for a lot of people that were generally living paycheck to paycheck. And all that they had to go on at that stage was um, the job seeker allowance, which is why we ended up with such massive queues and a complete falling over of the Centrelink website. That's right. And, and I know someone who's a personal trainer and, and he's sort of got a, a low immune system and, you know, he was straight off having to line up and in queues trying to get a, a CRN. But, uh, so people that didn't even have, you know, hadn't entered into the system before, just trying to get that process of the ID and, and, um, and obviously a stressful time like that then having to uh, to go through a process that was administratively difficult was uh, was added to an already stressful period. And it should be noted that this is a one or the other scenario. So for those sole traders who did automatically, you know, put themselves into the Centrelink queues and were um, applying for the job seeker payment, they will now be eligible for the job keeper payment because they are considered um, self-employed and they can nominate themselves to now receive uh, this this money um, back as, as a sole trader and that's the big difference. They can't get both, can they? That's right. They can't get both and they can't get a job keeper from more than one employer. So it is, it's the one-off payment per individual. 
Now, I, I, I wanted to ask as well in relation to casual employees, because a number of people who are casual, and we all think back to when we were at uni and we had 15,000 jobs, we have uh, a number of people working across a number of companies. How is the government going to distinguish who gets that $1,500 for that casual employee? Is there any detail on how they're going to work that out yet? I heard someone... I heard one of the politicians say yesterday that it'll be up to the employee to nominate which employer gets that amount. Yeah. I, I mean, again, at this stage, we haven't seen the legislation, but I would imagine that it's going to be between an employee and an employer. And uh, and once it's sort of like the tax-free threshold on a, a TFN declaration, you sort of tick the box as to, to who that's going to be. It'll be so interesting to see how they, how they work out that... Um, that process as to yeah. how you nominate yeah. that. I mean, whether we do it through Centrelink or through the ATO, it's uh, there's still a little bit of confusion there, I agree. There is, yeah. And I mean, uh, I think there'll be a large number of people that my understanding is that the, the job seeker only applied to people over the age of 22. So people that are sort of going through, you know, university uh, teenagers from the age of 16 are eligible for the job keeper uh, payment. So I think it's going to catch a lot of people there that, that uh, the job seeker allowance didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a positive. That's good. So let's um, let's go through some of the high-level information that came out last night just to round up. Um, if you could just take us through the main points of yesterday's stimulus package, that would be really handy. Yeah, so I think the, the main points are if a business has a, a turnover of under, oh, sorry, more than 30%, and their turnover is less than a billion dollars, so it kind of catches most small and medium businesses, that they are then going to be eligible to receive $1,500 per fortnight before tax for employees that they had on the books as of 1 March 2020. So those payments aren't going to start coming through until May, but they will be backdated to 1 March 2020. So it's just an, an opportunity to look at how you might be able to cash flow that and retain employees because... Businesses will need to start back up once this is over and uh, making sure that you've kind of got those relationships that you've helped look after your staff so that they're there when the businesses start operating again. And maybe those people who terminated people through text message might be regretting that right now. (laughs) (laughs) They might be. I I have seen some uh, concerns, though, where people are saying that if they are going to be paying employees, that they are going to have them, you know, working. and, And so there's some level of concern for for being out and about and, and just, you know, your own health. So I'm hoping that employers do take the opportunity if they are getting the payment and they had staff that, that weren't working for reasons of, you know, being in public places, that they actually still maintain that level of health safety for and, their employees. And also keep them active and keep them involved in their business. This is a great opportunity to connect with your professional association and find out what can I get these workers who were baristas and when I can't be opening a cafe, what can they yeah. be doing to support me in my business? Get them doing some social media planning. You know, get yeah. do a virtual meeting and everyone sit down and talk about your business plan and where they'd like to see it go in the future. Get them to write yeah. their own KPIs and their job description so that when you grow as a business, you've got that information. Get them to write down their, their processes and procedures document for how they operate in your business on a day-to-day. There's loads of things that you can get these employees to do that will not only keep them active and participating in your business, but also help your business grow as well. So Carly, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, which I'm, I'm thrilled with, is what's the big difference with this last round as of 12 hours ago uh, for sole traders and those who are operating under a, a contractor situation? Tell me what the big difference has been. 
So the big difference is that they are able to receive the $1,500 JobKeeper subsidy and so they just need to register currently on the ATO's website and so then prove that they've got a 30% reduction in their income and then they will be able to nominate themselves by giving the ATO their tax file number details and they'll be able to get the $1,500 payment as well. So they were excluded previously from the first two rounds of the cash flow assistance. They are included on the third round. Which is excellent news. Look, thank you so much, Kylie, for joining us today. You've been listening to Kylie Parker from Lotus Accountants. She's an author. She's a Zero alumni. She is an international speaker. I'd like to thank you so much for sharing with us this valuable information, which is crucial at this time, Kylie. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, my website is www.lotusaccountants.com.au. If anyone wants to, to pop onto that website, planningplanb.com they can download the the e-version for free to actually get their estate planning and business plans and and everything else like that up to date thank you that is so generous i'm going to pop those on the small biz matters website uh, on the facebook page as well as the small biz matters linkedin page if you've missed any of today's crucial program you can of course listen to the entire show which will be available in the next couple of days via itunes spotify wherever you get your podcasts make sure you sign up to our newsletter so you can find out what great small business education is coming up on smallbizmatters.com.au you've been listening to this wonderful community radio station triple h 100.1 fm i'm proud of all of you for keeping educated and i'd like to thank once again these wonderful guests who are coming on and giving such valuable information. My name's been Alexi Boyd. We'll be catching you all next week with another round of fabulous guests.